0: The Eddie B-Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Basechet Begila has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shiud for the of both sets of parents, and of course their dear children. Hashem and V'hayim. And there's that Hashem they should have continued success This Massachet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife Adel bat Rosa And nishmat bat Adel Today's daf has been dedicated to the Yosef Ben Roza, Alav Ashalom, Mr. Joseph Kibasso. Ruach Hashem Tanichenu Began Aiden, Amen. Daf Yud Daled. Today's daf is being studied Leilu Neshmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichenu Began Aiden, Amen. We begin today's daf on Yudim Al Amud and we start on the bottom line. So the king tells Haman. This is after Haman spoke about the Jewish people, and he painted them in a very uh, negative uh, light. So now uh, we want to see his reaction. And keep in mind, Haman offered 10,000 so talents, silver talents, in order to get the job done. I guess there's costs involved. I'll pay for it, it's on me the money is on me, I'll pay for it and do whatever you want for the nation he gives a mashal to analyze the anti-semitism of Ahasverosh and Haman what's the mashal? the same two of Adam. Two people, one guy had a mound of dirt in the middle of his field Another guy had a furrow in his field Now, the guy who has the furrow says, wow, I pay to get that mound of dirt to fill the furrow up, to fill the hole And what does the guy with the mound of dirt say? Well, I wish this guy, I'll pay him for, to, 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 for this uh, Haritz over here, so I can put my uh, put my dirt. The Yameem, so a couple of days later, the Baal meets up with the Baal HaTel. So the Baal HaTel, the guy with the hole, he tells the, the Baal HaTel, please sell me your mound of dirt. He needs it to fill up his hole. So tol Baal so take it for free. So I'm waiting for you. I wish you'd take this over here from me. That's the Hazmeros and Haman. Haman is compared to the guy that has the hole. And therefore, to him, it's worth it to pay to get the dirt in order to put it in his hole. So he tells the Hazzurus, I'll pay you 10,000 talents to destroy the Jewish people. Hazmeros so says, I'm waiting for this. You're kidding? It's my I'll, I'll, Don't Don't pay me anything. Just go do it And I'll give it to you for free Which was I'll handle it The Meparashim would say that In the Mashal Haman is the Haritz Because Haritz is the whole. So eventually Haman went down Eventually he was destroyed So he's the uh, Haritz But you see that al was just as a, a bigger anti Semitist More than maybe uh, Haman Maybe bigger he was waiting for this opportunity. Me, he's I'm waiting for this chance of it to destroy the Jewish people. He says, on me, you don't have to pay for anything. It's free. We'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the bill. So as takes off his uh, signet ring and he gives it to Aman, which is authorizes him now to make decrees. Marba'im Musmona Nevi'im Vesheva Nevi'ot She Netanbi'uh Lahem L'Yisrael That one move Of the Giving a Sydney ring To Haman That had More effect On Klai Yisrael then the forty eight prophets and the seven prophetesses that prophesized to them to make the shuvah throughout the generations. But the Hashverosh's move to give the ring that scared Ami Israel to make the shuva more than all the prophets and all their speeches. the Mutav. In all their speeches, they did not succeed to bring the Jewish people back to the Shuvah. but when he took off the ring the <laughs> mutav that actually brought them back the mutav. So the Maharsha asks, what was so special about the ring? We well, just say the Gizzard of Haman. Well, what's the Gemara focusing on? The giving the ring to uh, uh, Haman. Like we said, Chazal was a bigger anti-Semite than Haman. Sherei which means, normally, uh, the, the person that's uh, lending over here, he has to give a, uh, a collateral. Over here, Hasverosh is selling uh, the nation to Haman. Uh, 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 he gives the nation to Haman to do whatever he wants, and he's paying and he's also giving him his ring. So when the people saw over here, they saw how much he hates. He said that you're selling the nation, so you got to get money for it. She says, Taman wants to do his sinister plot. Okay, pay us, and I'll give you the nation. It's yours to do. He says, I'll sell you the nation and take my ring also. He said, the seller doesn't pay. Right? Usually the the, the the seller gets money. So he sold the, the nation to Ahmad and he gave him his ring. They said, wow, we don't have a shot. They figured they'd go to Hasveros to break the gezerah. Once he saw that Hasveros was paying for him by giving him his ring, that already scared them. The Gevara continues and says, says There were 48 prophets, seven prophetesses throughout history that prophesied for Israel. They never added or took away anything from the Torah during their, during their times, except when it came to Mikra Megillah, which is that, that happened in the times of the prophets. So therefore, they added, the Hachamim added Mikra Megillah as a rabbinical holiday. Now, even though they added also Hanukkah, but Hanukkah was already in the times of the Second Bethel Megillah where there was no prophets anymore. So that was a total rabbinic holiday, whereas Purim was an establishment of the prophets themselves that were around. Keep in mind. Purim happened between the first Beit Hamikdash and the second Beit Hamikdash. Hanukkah happened in the middle of the second Beit Hamikdash. <laughs> so the Gemara says, "My darosh, what's the derasha uh, over here?" Amar abin, Amar bi bin kurha. Which is how do the rabbis know that they can establish a holiday, including saying uh, the halel according to one opinion? So it says, that was Purim. So the, how did they can establish a holiday for this miracle? This was the first time prophets really added to the Torah. I mean, they added another uh, holiday. What was their uh, basis? So the Gemara says, and When we came out of Egypt, that was only out of slavery to freedom. And we made a shira, right? We say <laughs> Purim was not slavery. Purim was actually from life, from death. So that's already greater. If you make a holiday for Pesach, certainly you should make a holiday for Purim. So the Kabbalah says, if that's the case, Halen na menema. So they should have said Halel also on Purim. So they didn't understand. We don't say on Purim. If the rabbis were so uh, uh, excited in saying that this was a miracle tantamount, or even better than the miracle that took place on Pesach, well, on Pesach we say Halel. So why why only establish a holiday Zechar le Nes? They should have established it with the reading of the Hallel. So the Gemara says a rule: the fisheinum l'im Hallel al Nes shibechutz la'aris shibeklal. Any miracle that happens outside of Eretz Yisrael, there's no uh, Hallel. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Yisem eslayim? The Nes shibechutz la'aris hechi amrinat shira. What do you mean? And then Yisem eslayim? That that was eslayim uh, that happened outside of Eretz Yisrael. So it says, what before we ever entered Eretz Yisrael, a miracle that happens to Klai in any land is subject to hallel in its in its uh, redemption. However, once we enter Eretz Israel, yep. then already a miracle that happens outside of Eretz is not subject to hallel Now, already at the time of Purim, we entered Eretz we had the be at for 410 years already. And therefore, uh, the miracle happens outside of Edith Israel. After we inherited Edith Israel and entered it, there is no Hallel. <laughs> well, Rabbi has a different answer. He says, Kriyatah Zuhalilah. He says, no, we do say Hallel on Purim. What's the Hallel? The Kriyat Megillah. The Megillah of Purim as a deen of Hallel. Now, what's should have coming out between the answers. According to the first answer, there's no halal on Purim. Nes, According to the no, there is halal on Purim. It's just that what? The reading of the Megillah is the halal. The Hidah learns from over here, that let's say a person is uh, in somewhere in a place, he has no Megillah to So he says, according to this, he has to say the halal. Because mm-hmm. you have an obligation to say alil, it's been pottery obligation through Mikra Megillah and I did you not know, begilla, so they have to the, have the recitation of the Alleel. Mahatam. I understand by Pesach why you have to say the alil, why do avde hashem Viluavde Paro. Okay, we were saved. We left <laughs> Paro's bondage. Therefore you have to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Halilu Avdei Hashem. However, Avdei Hashem, Velo Avdei Akate Avdei Anan. After the story of Purim, no. we were still the slaves of Hasverosh. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. We were still the king. We were still the subjects. We, we were still in the, in the same situation that we were before the miracle. And therefore, the governor the is saying, what kind of halal are you going to say? Halilu Avdei Hashem, Velo what? Velo Avdei Paroh, that's true. But I can How can you say they uh, mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. "Ben Ravah, Ben Rav Nachman, Kasha." What did is a Kasha, according to uh, both both opinions, whether it's according to Rava or according to uh, Rav Nachman, because both of them say, "According uh, uh, Rava, is coming along and saying." Uh, that what would exactly you would have said the leil. It's just that it's a nice And the court that I'm going to say no. There is a hayuva What are you going to say? So the Gemara says we have another we have a question. No, uh, says once we entered Eretz Israel. Looks to so therefore, how can you say uh Shira in uh in Hussaris? It says oh, so you want to say it like this. Once already we went into exile, it's a it's a, re, it's a it's a redo. It restarts the uh So once we went into Galut now you can start saying halil in chusahadis. And therefore, really you can say uh alil in chutsa'aris. And that's why I said quote Nahman, we say Halila. Because now yeah, what do you mean I thought we said that there's no in husaris. Especially once we went into Israel. You're right. In Israel when we're there, if a miracle happens outside of Israel, there's no alil. But once we're exiled from Israel, it's like we were in the times of the first Bhutan and a miracle happens in the Hussaris, then everybody agrees that it's possible to say the uh itself. So therefore we can't say the Hallel. Okay, we're going to repeat the uh, statement again. So Ravah made a statement. He says, I understand why you see i'm Islam you say the Hallel, because Hallelu عَفْدَيَ الشَّهِمْ لَا عَفْدَيَ But what are you going to say by uh, Purim? Hallelu عَفْدَيَ Hashem, لَا Ashverosh. After the miracle happened, we were still the slaves of? Ashverosh. Good. So, Masba called to Ravah, but it was not for that reason. You'd say Hallel even in... And a to Rav You are saying halil Kriyat ta'azu alilah Mas it <avía> so is obligation of halil even Chuz So the Gemara says first white line Kasha What's so the Kasha? Isra'el There's no more halil outside of Isra'el So nekshiram no. Shown. once they went into exile so that's like a restart now we to go back to the original uh, situation where you can't say halal on a, a miracle that happens So it means only when they're living in the Eritrea and miracle happens outside of Eritrea there's no halal but once they're exiled so therefore the, 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 the law goes back to what it was originally that there is halal so the Gemara says Vetuleka. they tell me there was only 48 prophets it was only 48 that's it when it's referring to El-Kanah, mm-hmm. it calls that there was one man mm-hmm. So simply we know that was the name of the place that he came from, the <laughs> Sofim. <laughs> he was one of 200 prophets <laughs> He was one of 200 seers, Sofim, prophets. <laughs> That prophesized in that time. So in 48. Just of Canaan's time alone, there's uh, 200 uh, prophets. Really, I'll tell you, there was a lot of prophets. See, there were so many prophets that mean served twice the amount of Jews that came out of Islam. If 600,000 men came out of Islam, so that means there was 1.2 million prophets in Christ Israel in its history. Ela nevu'ah dorot lo which means, not every prophet is counted as a prophet, unless he has a prophecy that's written for the dorot, for posterity it could be a person had a prophecy for himself, for his family only the 48 prophets, they're the ones that we have recorded in the Tanakh that they gave prophecies, and their prophecies were written, but in the, I mean, there was much more prophets than the Forty eight. It should be noted that she over here does list the forty eight prophets. Let's just read it quickly. First column. He actually lists forty six minus two. We'll see that in Nashi. Nivuashuthal Dorot. l'mod Teshuvah either to cause the people to make Teshuvah or Horaa or a law that was needed for them to prophesize. Okay, you ready? Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, and Yoshua, Joshua, Pinihas. Okay, that's seven. He quotes a pasuk over there to prove it. Then you go down to Elkanah. It's so right after the pasuk in Shmuel. It's class number eight. Eli, Shemuel, Gad, Nathan, David, Shilomo, Ido. So that takes you to fifteen. Next line in Ashi, Michahu, is number sixteen. Next line, Obadiah, Ahya Shiloni, Yehu bin Hanani, and then Azariah, bin Oded, and Haziel. Okay, those were prophets as well. Next line, Eli'ezer bin Dodo bin Morisha, that's already 22. Go to the bottom line, Hosea is 23, Amos, then you have, Ubimei you have Micha. Ubimei Amatshya Amots that's already 26 next line you have uh, Eliyahu, it's Eliyahu and navi Elisha Yonah, that's the book of Yonah, Yonah ben Amitai Yesha'ya that's the name Yoel, Nahum, Habakkuk right, that's already a 33 in the times of Yehoshia, Yatsifanya, Uriya Yirmia Yehezkel, Daniel that's already thirty-eight. Uh, Baruch, Niriya, Sidiyah, Masiya, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Mordechai Belshan. But Belshan is one. That's forty-six. That she said in the last lines of the words. Words of that she Na'im Lo no yadati. He says two out of the forty-eight. I don't know, so he doesn't. He doesn't listen. For the he is <laughs> Lo Navi. Had Hanani Hadorai. So he lists uh, another two. And it should be noted here as well. Uh, we learned above Daniel was not a prophet. If you remember, we learned the at the beginning of the right? they, they, they were better than him because they were prophets and he wasn't a prophet. So how could she say over here that Daniel was a wow. navi? It's saying he it was a navi le Dorot one of the forty-eight. So that she asked that question, and she says, Daniel, Daniel." So he says, according to that Gemara, you have to take out Daniel, ve'Ayil Shemayah, put in the prophet Shemayah that had a prophecy with the Habam. So therefore, if you're going with that Gemara, yells out. If you don't go with that Gemara, he yells back in. Okay, back to the Gemara. So the Gemara continues, Rabbi Shemuel van Amar, Adam habam mishter Ramot she He gives a different dirashan. What does it mean, Elkanah came from Ramatayim Sofim? Ramatayim Sofim, he understands it to mean, two mountains that were looking at each other. Ramatayim Ramot You look in that place over there Where there was uh, two high places That were adjacent to to each other So they called it Ramatayim Sufim Rabbi Hanin Amar Adam Aba Mibne Adam She Omdin Al-Ulam Now Ramatayim Sufim The one that came from A uh, lineage of a person that stood in the highest place Ramatayim somebody that was Barama that was on a very high level why? where did Kana descend from? he descended from the children of Korah how is that possible? all the, all the family of Korah they got swallowed underground. how did they die? which when the ground opened up they were falling into Gehinnah at that moment they made teshuvah, so a ledge came out of the ground, so they were able to jump on the ledge while everybody was falling down into the empty pit of Geinam and they were able to escape. So therefore, and when they caught up, they made teshuvah, that's so a good lineage, we know caught was Gedolador. So therefore, el came from Ramatayim, from those that had the great, um, the greatness. And according to, according to this, he wants to explain it that the greatness was, uh, that they were elevated because they came out of Gehidam because when the ledge came they were able to climb out so therefore they were able to, the ones that were lifted the ones that were lifted so not talking about their greatness not interpreting their greatness because they made the Shubha, they were important people not interpreting literal that they were elevated people because actually they were elevated because the, 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 the ledge came out they were able to climb out like we said okay who are the seven prophetesses Seven women prophetesses: Sarah, Miriam, Deborah, Hana, Avigail, Huldah, and Esther. Now the Gemara is going to list one at a time to prove that indeed they were prophets. Sarah, hello do Sarah, I mean, it was a prophetess. Dichtiv, Avi Milka, and Avi Yiska, and it's like Yiska zu Sarah. When the Torah calls uh, Sarah, it calls it Yiska. Why does it call it Yiska? V'lama nekras Shema Yizka? Shesakhta beruah ha-Kodesh Kos ruah ha-Kodesh Hovered over And she was covered with ruah ha-Kodesh emar Kol asher tuman elecha sara Shema Bekola God tells Avraham Abiru he was also a prophet God says whatever Sarah tells you Listen to. Her. That means obviously what she was saying Must have come from Prophecy why they call Sarah yiska Shakos Sochin Because everybody gazed at her beauty. Miriam, I don't know Miriam was a prophetess. But Miriam Ahot It says when they came out of Misrayim, uh, Miriam sang a song with the ladies. How does it refer to Miriam in this pasuk? Ahot Aharon, the sister of Aharon. So the Gemara says Ahot Moshe. She's also the sister of Moshe. Why did you say Achot Aaron? Amar of Amar Shaitam She was already prophesizing When she was only the sister of Aaron Even before Moshe Rabbeinu Was born And what was she prophesizing? The Atida She prophesized our father That we're going to have My mother's going to give birth to a boy That eventually is going to be the Redeemer of Clydesdale. The whole house was filled with light. So Amram went and kissed uh, Miriam on her, on her head. That's a sign of uh, appreciation for this prophecy. Your prophecy has been fulfilled. But once already, they were forced to throw Moshe Rabbeinu in the water So Amram went and hit her on the head And he said, He said, He said, I thought he was supposed to be the Redeemer It says when they threw Moshe Rabbeinu in the water, Miriam stood from far to see, to know She wanted to understand she wanted to see how it's going to turn out. She knew our prophecy was a prophecy. She knew something was going to happen, so she wanted to see the Yad Hashem. So she stood by the, the by the uh, water to see exactly how a prophecy is going to turn out. So that's you know how the, the, the Miriam was a nevi'ah. Now Devorah, how do you know Devorah was a prophet? u'Dvorah isha nevi'ah. Eshet Lapidot. Well, Deborah was a lady that was a prophetess. She was one of the shoft, Shoftim. She was a Shofetid, actually. She was one of the only lady uh, leaders of Christ in the times of the Shoftim. It says, Eshet Lapidot. She was the uh, wife of Lapidot. The so Deborah says, <laughs> She used to make wicks, homemade wicks for the Betta Megdash. So they called her Lapidot. Meaning, which is a uh, torch. She would make the uh, wicks for the tomer, She would sit under a tree when the people would come and get advice from her. She was like the uh, chief of Kleistrael, the chief advisor of Kleistrael. So the men would come and ask her advice. So it says she would sit under a tomer like a palm tree. So why would she sit under a palm tree? Because the palm tree doesn't have too many leaves, and therefore it's opened, it's exposed. If she's going to sit under a tree that has like a big shade and things like that, the men are going to come now under the tree, she's secluded with them. It's a problem of Yehud. So therefore to keep the halakha, she would sit in an exposed area, and therefore you have no problem of Yehud, that she's secluding herself with the man. The Ma tamar ze ila lev ehad, Just like a tamar, the palm tree, has one live What does this mean, one live She says, it has like a sap that's inside the tree. In the uh, in the uh, branches themselves, there's no sap. She's the sap only is in the center of the tree itself. It doesn't go up to the. Um, the branches, so that's what it means Le'Vehad, just the center of the tree is, uh, has the Beracha, has the, the sap will call it So the Jewish people also the, their center which is their heart, was strong meaning, in the time of Devorah all the Jewish people only served Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what she said. Under a to give that symbolism that Am Yisrael had only one heart united to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, so that we solved Devora. Now you got to go Hana. Hana was a prophetess. Diktiiv Hana libi Now Hana was the mother of Shemuel Shmuel is the one that anointed. Uh, Shaul, right, as the king. However, Shaul, his kingdom did not last. His kingdom was uh, temporary. However, David, who was anointed after Shaul, his kingdom lasted. Sh- uh, Shilomo, etc., told the descendants. So the Passover says like this Rama Karni Velorama Pachi. She says, Which kingdom is going to be elevated? The one that's going to be anointed. With a keren, with a horn. Where they put the oil in the horn and they pour it on. David was anointed with a horn. And therefore, his kingdom lasted. Like a horn is solid, doesn't break. Shaul was anointed with a pach, with a jug. You drop the jug on the floor, what happens to it? It breaks. So she prophesies, karni which kingdom is going to last? The one that's anointed with a keren. This was before anybody was anointed. And therefore she had a prophecy in the Gemara says. Rama velo rama pachi. The one that was anointed with the keren, Rama, it's going to be elevated, but not the one that was with a pach. David ushlomo shnimshihu be David and shlomo, that the kingdoms, they were anointed with the horn. Nimshecha malchutan. So their kingdom endured. Shaul viyehu shnimshehu be pach. They were anointed with the jug. Lo nimshecha malchutan. Their malchut did not last. Now we're going to give some of Shilat One of the things she said was, "There's nobody like, kadosh, like Hashem, en There's nobody like you. What? a there's one God. Don't read besides you Biltecha. Ela Nobody can outlast the Qadosh Baruch Hu. She'elot midat the Baruch midat basar v'adam. The way of the Baruch Hu is different obviously in the way of basar v'adam. Midat basar v'adam ma'aseh yadav nivalin oto. A person creates something, his creation outlasts him. Which means a person creates a... a, 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 a builds a house. The house lasts much longer than the guy who built the house. Which means it outlasts the Creator. However, he outlasts his creations, which means he creates uh, something. The creation comes and goes, deteriorates, and Akadosh baruchu is still around. you cannot outlast a Baruch Akadosh uh, The does not deteriorate, but the creations do. The ensur right? There's no rock. That's like a protector, like a kadosh baruch So Gamaras Doresh, There's no artist like a kadosh baruch Adam tsar tsura al gabe Al-Kotel. That's like a story. A person draws an image on the wall. Veru yakolatir on and the picture on the wall, you can't make it animated You can't put a spirit in it And innards, intestines, etc He makes an image within an image Which means, he creates the human being Right, so you have a, the image of a person That's created in the image of a Of a Baruch but it's again in a, uh, 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 not animated. Um baruach on shama kerabaim ubnemayim. And a kadosh baruch hu is able to uh, make it live by putting in a shama and a spirit and insides. And therefore, a kadosh baruch hu is ensayar. There is no uh, artisan or was able to craft things like a kadosh baruch hu. Just one more piece. Abigail. Now Abigail, Let's just review the story. Abigail was the in the times of David Amelech, she was the wife of Naval uh, David HaMelech was running away, or was in the fields, he needed food uh, Naval had uh, food but he was not hospitable to David he did not offer him uh, the food and therefore David HaMelech put a curse on Naval and eventually Naval died so the Gemara says over here, Abigail incidentally was a very beautiful woman eventually David married Abigail after Nabal died. So the governor tells us where do you see that Abigail was a prophetess. Diktev ve'aya Abigail was riding on the donkey, And she came down from the from the hidden the hidden mountain or the concealed mountain. So the Gemara says, The concealed mountain? What It says It says, She came down from the mountain. What does it mean, She came down from the concealed mountain? What does it mean, The concealed mountain? She said, She came down from the mountain, On the donkey. Which means, She came down the mountain, Regarding something of blood, That comes from a concealed part of the body. Meaning, Dam Veretalo. She took the dam that she had from Nidah. She showed it to David Melech. Amar la, so David Melech says it was night time. So David Melech says, "V'chimer in dam b'alayla." Halacha says not make a ruling on dam Nidah night because the blood you need to have sunlight to see exactly what color it is. There's five different colors, so you have to know exactly if it's dam Nidah or not. So she says, "Now you're showing me the dam Nidah. V'chimer in dam b'alayla. knew the halacha." she was setting up David for the following conversation after Naval refused David to be hospitable to him and he said words against David he said oh, look every, every servant wants to now make himself rebelling against his master because Shaul was still the king but David now was anointed already but Shaul was still, uh, he didn't die yet, he was still around. His, David's popularity did not spread yet in Kla Yisrael. So uh, a lot of people did not accept yet David's kingdom, including Naval. I said, oh, look, at this. look at this young guy over here, he thinks he's going to take over. Uh, he said some sharp uh, words about David. David said this morning the He's a rebel, got to kill him. So he just him at night. So uh, Abigail is uh, Naval's uh, wife. She says, oh, when it comes to Damnida, you don't rule at night. But did you know if I saw you do at night? You judge my husband uh, guilty, you want to kill him uh, tonight? So, Allah. So she says, Morid malchutu. David Amin says, we have a rule. You're right, normally, when it comes to normal, regular case, you're allowed to analyze it at night, but you have to wait till the morning to execute the judgment, to make the final psak. But when it comes to a Morid Bimalchut, when it comes to a rebel against the king, you're judging that night. And you execute. You don't have to wait to, to judge him to the next morning. So she said, no, it's different over here. First of all, Shaul's still alive. Your popularity yet has not come to the, to the world yet. Which means, you're not considered a king yet. That is the Deen of Malchut. So as long as Sheol is alive and the world didn't accept yet your, uh, your uh, kingdom, you can't judge people as what in malchut. So she saved him. She, he agreed with this logic. Amar yeah. la Bless your, your reasoning. You saved me this day from bloods. From two bloods. But we understand one blood for sure. One blood is from killing Naval, the blood of Naval, because she now she gave a good logic. You're not a king yet, really, to be uh, judging uh, people as more in the Malchut. So the governor says that means tartei mashmas. bloods. Elamelameh. The governor says she gilta et shokah. was in a private area. For some reason, she had to reveal her shok. That's her leg. Temporarily, because she was doing something over there, and she revealed herself. She thought she was in a private place. David happened to be walking by at that spot, and he saw Avigail. This so is what David saw. She, he saw a tremendous Kiddushah from Abigail. So he said that this lady over here is Tzaddeger. So he, he went to the light, which is the beauty of Abigail. He walked after her. That Tosfot says, "Kashhe heach otatzadiket gilta shokalef neDavid." david do you mean? She she revealed herself in front of David. She revealed her leg in front of David. Hashem shalom. V'hot kashhe demersike guzma leomash halach leor shokalefim parsaot. Was there was so much light coming from a leg that David was able to walk three parsaot? What does that mean? There is sholom. The Rambam says, "Fari midu yakim shenakot be'em leorak kolomar leorsh na perush netavala David v'halach." The ur hamimut per which means there wasn't a light coming out of a uh, leg, which means from the hamimut of the ur, from the fire that David had now that he wanted to be with Avigail, so he went three uh, per saot to be with her, but she was in a private area. But uh, he was able; to, she didn't know that David was uh, was In any event. Amar la hashmiyili. So David, and Mrs. Alkai, I want to marry you. Amar lo lo te zotecha lefuka. I don't want this to be a stumbling stumbling, stum, uh, stumbling block to you, because really she was eshet uh, ish. She was married to uh, Naval. Zot Mikhladika hariti. She's saying I don't want this to be zot, implying that well, not only this, but there's going to be another stumbling block that David Amelech was going to actually stumble so she was hinting to him that what, there another case that you are going to fall with Eshit what was that? the story of Batsheva so therefore I don't want this to be a stumbling block, there is going to be another stumbling block in your life so she was a prophet that's why she was a prophetess she prophesied that something's going to happen to David in his life with Batsheva Umaynihu Maaseh Debatheva Umaskana and maskana. The that's what happened now again, the Gebarat does conclude on this. It says, and then uh, uh, we'll wait till, um, till our husband is at Surah Surah Hayim. He'll live. She's now, David promised him he's not going to kill Naval. He's going to bound them in the, in, 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 with life. Now, so that doesn't touch Abigail. When he's leaving her, or when she's leaving him, she tells David, When God will be good to you, You'll remember your maidservant. So she's already hinting, hey, One day, One, 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 The things change, And you'll, you'll come back to me. This is what the, the people say, A lady, She does two things at the same time. When she's talking, She's also... She's knitting, which means at the same time she's talking about, please save my husband, she's already preparing for, the, for when he dies, He's already, she has her eyes already on David. So therefore she's doing two things at the same time. She's talking, but she's also weaving at the same time. She says, when things are good, you'll you remember your maidservant. Ikadamni, some say, Shafil v'azil bar The bar avza is the goose. It walks very humbly but its eyes are up which means it's looking for the future. the same thing over here Abigail, she's a decade, she's doing uh, the right thing, she stopped David from uh, from uh, making uh, a sin but at the same time, her eyes are looking upward. I mean, she's looking for the future. Is Naval dies, don't forget me. When Naval uh, died, he died uh, ten days later, according to the Navi. then already uh, Avi got into, who's a sadeket? and again, you have to always explain this, Gemariot, that she was a tzaddiket, everybody was a Sidkut over here, and she ended up marrying the baby. Gemara continues, Cholda, how do you know that Cholda was a so it says they went into the Bet Hamikdash at the time of King Yoshia, He wanted to make restorations to the Bet Hamikdash, so he sent them in to go see what's going on with the Bet Hamikdash. When they went in, they found the sefer Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, that was opened up to the pasuk that talks about the exile that Has Shalom ...is going to send the Jewish king and the nation into Galut. So they took that as a very bad sign. Yolech Hashem Otecha ve'et malkecha. God is going to send you out. So when they saw it open up to that Pasuk, they took it as a bad omen. So what they do, they went to Khulda to ask her uh, what it means. And uh, she explained to them that uh, there is going to be the destruction of the Bet mikdash And indeed the Jewish people are going to go into Exile. So it says, So the Bible says, Hold it. How can Huldah give prophecy when Yirmiyah was around, now we know Yirmiyah already started prophesizing in the 13th year of Yirmiyah, as Yoshiya, a Melech, and this already happened in the 18th year, which means Yirmiyah was already around. And therefore the question is, how could the which it seems was not as great a Madrigah as Yirmiyah, give prophecy in somebody that was greater than her? Rab so they were related exactly holdan and were related so therefore he wasn't on her if she would give the prophecy so the kibbrot says hold it Okay, that answers how Choldah was able to give a prophecy. But that doesn't explain Yoshia Melech. Why did he send them to Choldah? Send them to Yirmiyad to get the prophecy. Because <laughs> ladies are more compassionate. So the Benish asks, what does it mean ladies are more compassionate? She can't uh, uh, subdue a prophecy. A prophecy is a prophecy. Just because she's more Nirmiyad, she's going to give a different uh, prophecy. So explanation he says is no. Vadaish, she's going to give the same prophecy that Yirmiyad is going to give. But since ladies are more compassionate, She's going to be more emotional about it. She's going to cry to Hashem and pray for the Gizrach to be broken. So therefore, we go to her because we have a better chance the Gizrach could be overturned. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Rabbi Yohanan a different answer. Yirmiyah, <speaking in Hebrew> lo wasn't there. That's why they didn't go to Yirmiyah. Yeshia didn't go to Yirmiyah. Why? Where was Yirmiyah? Because he went to bring back the ten Shivatim that was sent into exile by the king of Ashur. So therefore, Yirmiyah wasn't around. He was bringing them back to Elis Yisrael. How do we know that the Shivatim came back to Elis Yisrael? Which means indeed that Yirmiyah was successful in bringing back the ten tribes. This was a prophet said by Yehezkel. Now, he uh, said this prophecy at the time of the uh, Galut. Actually, as she says, Yehezkel amaro, vuhu nabib betoch yud alef shana, sheben Galut Yechonyah lehorbot Yerushalayim. Remember, we learned there was two Galuyot. Yechonyah, and then 11 years later, Tzedkiah. When Sitkiyah was exiled, that was already the time of the destruction. So in between the exiles of Yechonah and Tzitkiah, already He has the prophet, that prophesies that what? Ki lo that from now on, it's going to come a time that people are going to sell property and it's not going to return back to the original owner. Now what is this talking about? We have a law of Yovel. Yovel means that in the 50th year, we call it the Jubilee year, all properties that were sold go back to the original Owner. Ah, so he's prophesied. there's going to come a time that what? the veil is going to be disbanded. Now we have a rule. Your veil only applies when Am Yisrael is uh, settled in Eretz Yisrael. However, if you have a settlement in Eretz Yisrael, but the majority of the Jews are in Hosadis, your veil does not apply. So now he's coming along and saying, your veil is going to be batel. That means it must be at the time that he said it, it was Applying. He's prophesying prophesizing for the future. So the Gemara says, if your veil wasn't." In applicable at the time, so what is he prophesizing? Is Batel already? So what is he saying? The future is going to be Batel. Must be that Yirmiyah already at that time had brought the ten tribes back. And once you have Rov Yisrael and Edith to say your veil is applicable, therefore I was prophesying for the future that the veil is going to be Batel if sharu only one all the jewish people that it is which is once already the two and a half tribes were sent into exile kevar but oh was battle, he's saying going to be battle we got a it must be that yes it was Batel, but Yirmiyah brought the tribes back, and once he brought the tribes back, Yoveel was reinstituted, and that's what Yahweh said, there's going to come a time that the sales are not going to return, which means Yirmiyah is going to be Batel. Yomiskel says, V'yoshiyah ben Amon, Malach A'lehen, which means, let's just read this Rashi, one more Rashi, Ela melamit Shirmiyah Be'otah shana, sefer, that year that they found the sefer Torah, that said the prophecy of the Galut, Vishnat the 80th day of Yoshiach, Shalach, Al-Devriah, al Sefer, it's the Chuldah. So when they sent the interpretation, they went to Chuldah. Why? Because Loa Yasham Yirmiah. Yirmiah wasn't around. What was Yirmiah doing? He was bringing back the ten Shivatim. They didn't even get to the Yovel. They started counting two of Yehovel, but by the time they got before the Yehovel, already the Bet Midrash was destroyed. Now the Gemara does say that Yoshiyah ben Ammon was the king. He ruled over not only Yehuda, Yoshiyah's of Malchay Yehuda, but the Gemara tells us he ruled even over the Shevatim, Dichtiv, and Ma tziyun Halaz Asher Ani Ro'e, and Yomeru Elav and She'agir Hakaver Ish Ha Elohim Asher Ba. So this pasuk over here is written by Yoshiyah When he was in the place of Bet-El And he burnt all the mzbechot uh, The altars of the priests that served in Bet-El On the Mizbayah that Yiruv'an ben Nebat Constructed Yiruv'an ben Nebat was Rasha He was Melech Israel He caused the Jewish people to worship Ahmed Azrael in Bet-El Yoshia, which was later, he came along and went to Bethel and destroyed all the remnants of the Abodazara, of the Mizbayah that took place. That it was a prophet from Yuda that prophesied that Yoshia is going to do this. So Yoshia comes to Bethel and he says, uh, oh, Who's this? Uh, Kever over here, says, oh, this is the Kever of the Prophet that prophesies that you're going to destroy all the remnants of Yerifaham Sahavodah uh, Zarah in Bethel. So the Gemara says, V'chi mat shel shil ala be which means, it says, Yoshiah obviously had power in Bethel. Now, Bethel wasn't from the Shevet Yehuda. Bethel is in the Helik of Israel, As Yoshiyah had the, the, the dominion even in Bethel. So what do you have to say? And the fact that he was able to destroy the Mizbayach in Bethel, that means obviously he had power over them. So that proves to us that Yoshia, Melech, Yehuda ruled over all Klaal Yisrael. And she says, That was part of Malche Yisrael. Share, Shami, Amid, Yeruvah, Meta'agel. Musum, Yisrael. So what is Yoshiah getting involved with the situation in Bethel? That must be that he... Ruled over them. Comes the Gemara. says, "Rav Nachman Amar Mehakha." Rav Nachman brings a proof from this pasuk. Gam Yehuda Shat Kasir Lach <laughs> Beshuvi Shevut Ami. So, what's the proof over here? It says over here, Gam <laughs> Yehuda. That's referring to Yoshipa. Shat Katsir. Rav Sheishes. <laughs> <laughs> what does Shat <laughs> Katsir mean? Aza Asa Hayel Ugdula. <laughs> he succeeded greatly. Which means he was very successful. Bishuvi shivut ami by bringing uh, by dealing with the people that came back. Who are the people that came back? The ten shivatim. So he was ruling. He had success over the ones that came back. So you see that uh, Yoshia ruled over all of them. Now, Esther. How do you know Esther was a prophetess? So now we just proved. Uh, and they came to and uh, she told them exactly about the impen- impending galut now we go to Esther on the third day when she went into Cheshveroj, Esther wore royalty what do you mean wore royalty it should say she wore clothes of royalty which means who was on Esther Meaning that she had prophecy when she went in. But that the prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, was dressed a ketiva. But it says she was dressed. the The spirit dressed Amasai. So you see, when you talk about a spirit, use the word. La to dress, not only clothes, you can use it by a spirit. So then is talking about the spirit of Malchut, which is the Inyan of Prophecy. Amar of Dahman. Lo Giving power to women is not good. Why? There were two ladies in our history. That God of says, That were prophetesses, They were, they had, hashibut, they had elevation over the nation, But their names were bad names. What were their names? That's Devorah. Devorah's name in Aramaic is ziburta What is ziburta Devorah is a fly. It's a bee. That's, not a, that's a negative name. Why would they call it Devorah? shema Karkushta, and the other one's name was Karkushta, Karkushta is Khulda, Khulda literally is a, is a weasel, in Aramaic it's called Karkushta, so both of them reached high positions, but their names imply that they had a uh, problem. Why? Ziburta ketiba, what does it say? Barak. she was married to Barak, her husband, so it says, Deborah calls her husband Barak. The ilu ilu No Normally, the says the wife is uh, humble in front of the husband. Instead, it says that the shlach, she calls Barak to come to him. That's already not the proper way. Comes the Gemara continues. that's considered like gavra. She did the as if she took advantage of her power, and she's calling her husband to Barak to come to him. That's not proper. She should go to Barak. Secondly, Karkushta Ketivba, Am Imru Laish. After she gave the prophecy, she tells them, "Go back and tell the man. Who's the man? The man of Israel, Sheyam Yehuda." So it says, Velo Amra She didn't say respectfully, "Go tell the king." So that's where you see that uh, she had that idea. Amar of Nahman Cholda, Cholda, the prophet. She was a descendant from Yoshua ben Nun. When it's giving us the uh, lineage of Huldah, it says, Ben Harhas. And it says by Yoshua binun, bitimnat haris. So we see the same word by Yoshua haris and harhas. So we make a connection to Gabriel's said, that she was related to you. So she was a descendant of Yoshua. There's a question over here that she says, If you look at the Pasuk, it says that the husband of Deborah was ben harhas. So, therefore, how do you learn that she wasn't Ben Haras, was her husband? So that she says, still, since that Ben Harhas is in the Pasuk that talks about Devorah, that's enough connection to say that Harhas is written by Devorah, even though it's really written by her husband, and it's written by Yeshua Benun um, not Hares. So, therefore, we make a hekesh and say, what? She must have descended from Yoshua. Rav Nahman. So Ravi'ina Saba is the question to Rav Nahman. Shimona Niv'in. Vem Kuanim Yatsumira Habazona. It says eight uh prophets that happen to be Koanim descended from the Habazona. Veluhen, Niriya, Baruch, Shriya, Masya, Yirmiya Hilkiyah, Hanamel, Veshalom. So therefore we have a Uh, Rabbi Yudah says, here's the question. We know that even Cholda and also came from the Havazona, descendant from the Havazona. Who was the Havazona? They call her Zona either because she was a mamasha Zona, or some say Zona, because she used to have like a hotel and she used to provide mezonot for the people. She was a Goya. Eventually, she converted. But it's gives us saying over here that really Chodah Neviyad descended from where? The Chavazona. How do we know? Kitiba Tikva. It says by Chodah that she was Ben Tikva. Uchtiba by the Chavazona, what does it say? It Tikvaat Qutashani. When uh, the spies came into Elish Israel, the Chavazona protected the spies. Pinehas uh, and Kalev. He protected them. She protected them, and as a result, they said, "We're going to reward you when we destroy to say We're not going to destroy you, but we have to have a siman where you live. So put a red string on your house, so we know already that house is yours, so we you won't destroy it. So it says tikvat. Tikvat is the uh, uh, the red uh, uh, the string or the the, the 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 cord. The cord. Okay. So therefore, it says tikvat by Racha and it says the word tikvat by Chulda. Tigma teaches us what? She was related to Lachav Azula. So this was his question. Ina Sava says, how could you tell me she's related to Yoshua bin Noon? The Gavagamara says that she was a descendant of Lachav. So he says back, Amaleh. So he tells him back, the Dachman tells back, Ina Sava, Ina Sava, Ve'amdila Fatiha Uchma. And some say that he uh, referred to him as Patia which means the black, right, black, black pottery. We'll see exactly what kind of references, why is he calling him uh, black pottery. From me and you, we can understand both statements. She descended from Yoshua and she descended from Abazona why, the sahabas, after she converted, who did she marry? She married Yoshua yeah. bin Nun, so therefore we're both right. So therefore you're right and I'm right. And therefore then she says, u from my statement and your statement, Shmata, we can conclude. Kelomar, Al We can get to the truth of the matter. Both of it is true. That what? That really you have uh uh Yoshua and Rahab, and they married each other. Now, what does it mean over here? Patya Umma why was he calling him uh, black pottery playing this Patya mah, Why they would call Inasaba and called them the black pottery so one explanation is that I they become blackened in the Amilut of the Torah so they deprive themselves of all the pleasures of this world so it causes them to be either their clothes become blackened or their face becomes blackened from the poverty that they live in because they're studying Torah so much but says just has an interesting explanation over here based on the Geberat Ta'anit with the B'Yosua the Geberat he was uncomely he wasn't handsome uh, more than not handsome so now it says over there as a result he became very successful in Torah like the, of the that he had glorious wisdom in an, in an ugly vessel. And the Geberaz said, that's why he had glorious wisdom, because it kept him humble. So therefore, we're saying the same thing. And the Geberaz also had an uncomely look. And therefore, he said, that's a praise to you. That because of your blackness in look, it gives you humility. And therefore, you became a great talid Hakam. Comes the continues. No more line. Well, we're assuming over here that Yeshua must have had descendants, must have children. Because we're saying that the Chuldan and came from the Abazonah and Yeshua. That means they had children. But we have a Pasuk that's Mashwa, that Yeshua did not have any descendants. The Akhetiv, it says, Nun beno, Yoshua beno When it's listing the family of, uh, uh, that she says Shemit Ephraim, when it's giving you the listing in Devilah it just tells you, they had Nun beno, Yoshua beno and then the Pasuk ends. It's much that like Yeshua not have any children. The Ephraim lineage ends by Yeshua. So how could you tell me he had descendants? So the Gemara says, Bene lo havude. Yes, he did not have sons. Bintan but he did have children. He had daughters. <laughs> <laughs>